the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And as I was preparing this, this sermon, I wondered uh, and I, I, I tried to figure or, uh, or imagine a picture that it would illustrate uh, what it means to be meek. And the picture I came to, perhaps it's not the most comprehensive of illustrations, but I think represents meekness. Uh, and I would like to start off by, by presenting it to you uh, and for us to have a, a sense of what it means to be meek. I pictured the willow tree. If you know the willow tree, it's not very imponent, it's very big, but it doesn't have a very imponent or, or, or very imposing uh, trunk. But nonetheless, it's not a fragile tree. It's a tree that, yes, bends with the wind, but I'm told that when storms come, the willow trees are usually the ones that remain strong, even in the fiercest of, of, of storms. And the secret why this happens, or the reason why this happens, is because the willow tree, although it bends and bobs in the wind quite a bit for its size, it has a root system that is so deep and so well established that in, even though the trunk may seem frail by comparison to other bigger uh, imp, uh, imposing trees, it is strong, and, and those roots keep it from snapping, and those roots keep it from being pulled out of the ground. And similarly, and that's, that's, that's where the illustration kind of connects to, to the passage, or this kind of connects to the passage, similarly, the Christian faith, or in our Christian faith, meekness is like that willow tree. There is some give, but it, meekness is, means to be steadfast and resilient and yet humble and gentle. I just want you to keep the, the willow tree in mind as a, an illustration of the things we'll consider today. Because as we look at verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We're reminded that power and humility go together. We are reminded that, that, that in the kingdom of God, things are seemingly reversed from how we see it in the world. You look at the world, and what does the world uh, put up as symbols? You, you, you watch a Hollywood movie or one of these TV shows and you find that the hero is always the, a strong man or, or at least a very intelligent person. If he's not the strongest, he's the most smart. If he's not, or both at the same time, he's the, the, the man that rides high on the saddle of the horse. It's the, the hero in the, in the Hollywood movie is the, one, the, the guy that, the, that always shoots, shoots straighter and aims better than the, the, the evil or the bad guys. He punches harder, is smarter, and he always wins because of his strength, because of his power. 
And this is no coincidence. In our world, strength, power is seen as this outwardly manifestation. Might is right, they say. So when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, it is countercultural. It is, again, another statement that runs contrary to the, to the way that this world perceives things. I think it is a joke that has been said. I've heard it before. Um, the, me, uh, the meek shall inherit the earth if that's okay with the rest of you. And people laugh when this is said because there is a sense. The, 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 it's funny because that's, that's how people perceive how things go in this world. Meekness is weakness. And the weak will always be dispossessed by the strong. There was a, an NBA coach uh, a few years ago that said, well, it might be true that the meek inherit the earth, but the, the meek uh, never win any rebounds, he says. The meek win no rebounds. And he was, he was trying to emphasize that meekness is not, uh, it doesn't lead to victory. So here again, once again, we see that what the Lord Jesus says runs contrary, radically opposed to the way of the world. His way is at odds with the way most people around us think. Even the way that we think in our heart of hearts, as they say. But as Christians, brothers and sisters, we are not called to be shaped by, by what the world says or, or by what our, our nature or what we are naturally inclined to do. We're called to be shaped and put, to be uh, transformed by the words and, and, the, and the attitudes that the Lord Jesus tells us to have. And he says that the meek inherit the earth. It's not those who have military power. It's not those who have strength. It's not those who have money or, or influence. It's not those who have political lobbying capacity that inherit the earth. It is the meek, he says. It is not the more aggressive or the strongest or the most uh, boisterous that inherit the earth. He says it's the meek that inherit the earth. It is not the strong and the arrogant who are blessed. It is the ones who are meek who are blessed, for they will inherit the earth. So firstly, we need to define meekness. Having given you the illustration, I want to, first of all, tell you what meekness is not. Being meek is not something that comes natural. To us, it's not something that that is uh, a mark of good character, or at least the meekness that Jesus speaks of here. It is not something that you can learn or be educated socially upon. It's not just some kind of social convention. When Jesus says, "Blessed are the meek," he's not talking about those who have a good character. It's not some external attitude only. It is an internal attitude. So therefore, it's more than just a virtue. Although it is certainly a virtue, 
meekness is a virtue that is to be pursued, but it is more than just a virtue. It is a grace of God. It is something that is a fruit of the Spirit, a fruit of something that, that does not come natural to us, that is a fruit of, of, a, of a new birth. And it flows from the first two Beatitudes. Only those who recognize that they are deserving of nothing good, only those that recognize that they are poor in spirit, only those who mourn their own weakness and their own failures and their own sin, are only those who are, in that sense, poor in spirit and mournful, only them can, can, only then can they be meek before God and men. So being meek is not being lazy as some people think. Being meek is not being timid or a coward or fearful or weak or, or in, indolent. Think about meekness in the people that the Bible commends to us as, as examples who are meek. Moses. Was Moses weak or frail? No, but he was meek. The martyrs, the apostles in the book of Acts, they were meek. We just read this morning about the apostle Paul. He was certainly not, not arrogant. He was meek, but he was certainly not a weakling. He knew where he stood. So meekness does not, is, does not mean powerlessness. Meekness and weakness are not synonyms. Meekness refers to self-control, refers to an attitude, the, uh, uh, a ruling of oneself. Proverbs 25, 30, 28 says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And Proverbs 16, we read that he who has self-control is better than he who takes a city. And yet, I would say... It is self-control, but it's not just emotional, external self-control. What I'm trying to say is that meekness is not just uh, outward, it is an attitude of the heart. There are many people, and we know some people like that. And I'm, I know some people like that, and I'm sure you know people like that. That on the outside, they're very calm and collected, but you just know that on the inside, there is a fire burning. That person is not meek. They might be able to calm the outward, but on the inside, a fire is raging. There is a volcano inside, always boiling up, just skimming the surface, waiting to explode. That's not meekness. Just keeping up appearances is not meekness. There are people who do not speak evil, and yet their heart is filled with evil desires. There are people who do not uh, do scandalously evil things, but yet they are evil in God's eyes. It begins in the heart. So this is what meekness is not. To be meek is not to be weak. To be meek in the biblical sense necessitates a certain kind of inner strength that is exceedingly rare. 
So what does it mean to be meek? Meekness is the logical and the inevitable consequence of being aware of the poverty of spirit and mourning over that poverty. To be meek is not to be weak, is not to be spineless, but to be submissive and to be humble. It is to recognize the Lord uh, Jesus Christ as the king over our lives. In that sense, meekness has to do with our attitude before God. I believe it was Arthur W. Pink, I might be wrong, I didn't write it down, that said, the motto of the meek person is, in himself nothing, in God everything. So a meek person is a person that has submissiveness to the will of God. A meek person does not rebel against God or murmur against what what God commands. He accepts God's will willingly. It is Job that is meek when he says, Shall we receive good from God? Shall not we also receive from God evil? A meek person is Paul, who, who said he has learned to be content, contentment in every situation. A meek person is under God's control. And this is where the Greek perhaps helps us. The word in Greek, the word pros, that is translated here as, Greek, uh, as meek, is a word that denotes uh, a domesticated animal. It denotes uh, uh, a humble attitude, a, a, a teachable spirit, a submissive uh, demeanor that is free from malice or for desire to rebel. It was often employed to speak of domesticated animals. So if you think of a, a, an animal, a, a farm animal, a wild animal that is in the farm that is, hasn't been domesticated, maybe a horse. Let's talk about, uh, sometimes we see those, those horses being, uh, what they call it, when they are trying to, to get the, the animal to, to be able to, to, to accept someone sitting on their back. Uh, a wild horse, before he's domesticated, he's a, he's a danger. He wrecks havoc every, everywhere. But a, a meek horse, a domesticated horse, a, a, a prowess horse, is a horse that has been uh, taught submissiveness, and now he's useful. In fact, that's where this term originates. It's to do with horses, a powerful animal, an animal that is useful. And the the Greeks would use this word to refer to those animals that had this power under control. Think of the wind. The wind is a wonderful thing. A gentle breeze is refreshing in the summer. And yet a hurricane kills and destroys everything. We want the meek, gentle breeze. That's what the Christian is. That's the character of the citizen of the kingdom of God. It is teachable. It is, he is uh, submissive to the will of God. You could say that the meek person, the meek Christian has died to self. He has tamed, been tamed by the Spirit. The Spirit has come in and, and tamed his heart. 
He's dead to self. He no longer has uh, a desire to be rebellious. He has now a, a desire that is spiritual to obey the king. A meek person is one who is under the authority, or a meek Christian is one who is under the authority and the control of God. And that's what it means to be meek. It's more than just virtue. It is a grace of God. The Bible says that the, that the meek will inherit the earth. That the meek are blessed. And indeed the meek are blessed because the meek are the ones who have uh, subdued by the power of the Spirit, not by the power of the flesh, but by the power of the Spirit, are those who have subdued the passions and the instincts and the impulses of this world, of our flesh. So blessed is the man who masters himself. That's what Jesus is basically saying here. Blessed is the man who is able to master himself, not by his own power, of course, but by the power of the Spirit. A meek person is a person who understands who he is and what he deserves. A meek person understands that he deserves nothing. He does not claim his own rights. He's meek not only before God, and this is important as well, because this is our, often where we fail as Christians. Before God, we confess all manner of things. We come before God and we say, God, I've sinned. I've sinned in word, in thought, and in deed. And I don't, I, I'm not persuaded that we are being hypocrite, hypocrites when we say this. At least most of us. We do believe that we have sins of word, we have sins of thought, and we have sins uh, of our actions. And we, are happily, we happily concede before the holy God, if we're truly his, that we are sinners. And yet when someone comes and someone turns to us and says, Oh, brother, you've sinned. What is our immediate action? Defend ourselves, right? We're meek before God, but we're not meek before men. We, we want to assert and to defend ourselves. But a meek person, one a person that is truly meek is meek before God and before men. Let me quote to you from Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He says, To be truly meek means we no longer protect ourselves because we see there is nothing worth defending. The man who is meek never looks pleased with himself. And that's why Paul is such a good example of meekness. We'll come to the ultimate example in a minute. But... That's why Paul is such a good example of meekness. He never defended himself in that sense. He never uh, claimed rights for himself. In a dispute between brothers in, in the church in Corinth, he says, why is it that you allow these things to be so? Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure, he says, for you that you have to go to a law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Basically, Paul is saying to them, why do you not rather be meek? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? 
A meek person recognizes before men the same thing we recognize before God. And that is difficult. And that is hard because that requires humility. We have no difficulty confessing, do we? Before God our sin. We say, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner, like David. We confess that. But if someone calls us a sinner, immediately the the shields go up, the, the weapons are drawn. That's not meekness. Meekness says, I accept that men would treat me as I really am, a miserable sinner. And I'm actually surprised when men and women do not treat me in such a way that that, that is appropriate for the kind of person I am. Meekness. He's always surprised when every, whenever he's someone, whenever he, uh, a meek person is always surprised whenever he is treated in a way that is undeserved. We marvel at God for treating us the way he treats us. And we marvel at men if they treat us uh, in this way. A meek person endures insults, and not only endures insults, a meek person rewards uh, good for evil, or he rewards evil with good. So what is the best example that we have of meekness, if not our Lord Jesus Christ? Where better are these virtues displayed if not in our Lord? Was he not the very picture of what it means to be meek? Although he was sinless, he did not stand for his, up for his own rights. He is God in the flesh. He did not think equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but he made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a servant. He was oppressed and rejected by men. And he held his peace like a sheep going to the slaughter. He did not open his mouth even though he was innocent. He was abused. He was flogged. He did not respond. He did not revile. Having been silent all throughout his trial on that fateful day, he comes to the, to, the, to the cross and the first time he opens his mouth is, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. He rewards evil with good. Instead of cursing his oppressors and those who were seeking to, pers- to, to kill him, he, he pleads for their forgiveness. That is what it means to be meek, gentle, and lowly. But at the same time, make no mistake, he was no weakling. He was not uh, some, uh, uh, someone who lacked a, mo- uh, a moral backbone. 
Because this same gentle and Jesus meek and mild that Wesley wrote about, he could wake equally on the, on, the, on the coming to the temple, whip up a whip and, and ch- chase out the money changers in the temple. He did not stop being meek on that occasion. He was still meek. Being meek does not mean that, that you are spineless and that you are weak. It is in that context that, that Psalm 69 is quoted, the zeal of your house will consume me or consumes me. That's meekness. Meekness is strength whenever we need to be strong and yet always recognizing how unworthy we are. So why should we be meek? Well, because our Lord Jesus was meek. Because our Lord Jesus says that the meek will inherit the earth. The meek will enjoy great peace. He's quoting from Psalm 37, verse 11. The meek will inherit the earth and they will enjoy peace. We will. Those of us who are citizens of the kingdom inherit the earth. But here's the point. It's not we will... uh, fight and, and, and overcome and invade the earth and, and, and take it by force. I love that, that our Lord Jesus said, we will inherit the earth. As meaning there is no fighting. It is given. The meek do not fight in this sense. They inherit. But what it means to be inherit the earth... I think it can be quite, uh, the way that it's translated can be quite, um, it can lead us astray. Because the, the, the idea here for, it doesn't come across to us in, 20, in the 21st century, non-Jewish, Gentilic, Gentilic background. But what is being said here, the meek will inherit the land. It was that great promise that every Israelite looked forward to. But, and at points they had a bit, but it was tantalizingly close, but they didn't really have it fully. It was the land, Canaan, for them. But it was more than Canaan. It was more than the physical space. That's what made uh, Moses and Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob, that's what made them fathers, those fathers of the faith, heroes of the faith, was that they were looking for a celestial, for the heavenly uh, re- uh, reality that was represented by the earthly land. And we so often, we, we lose track when we read, oh, the meek will inherit the earth. Do you mean I'm going to have a plot of land in this in this? Uh, Land, I wish. I hope it's by the seaside. I hope it's uh, it's a, a big enough plot of land that I can have some dogs and some some cattle. That's not the point of inheriting the land. That was never the point of the land that was that flows with milk and honey that was given to the to the Israelites. The point of the land was that there is a place where we're going, and that's what Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. That's what the heroes of the faith looked forward to. There is a place where we are going. There is a place that God has given to us. A land where, where he rules. Where there is no more sin. No more strife. And so often that's the problem with the Israelites. And that's so often the problem with us. We lose track of inheriting the land. Because we want to inherit something of the earth. 
The land, the point of the land was that there is a place where God is king, where God rules, where no longer sin abounds. There is a place. And that place is what we look forward to. The danger with thinking about the land as the earth or the danger of the Israelites looking at the, at the geographical uh, Canaan as, as their, their land is that every time they eventually arrived there, whether after the exodus, after wars, every time they, they reconquered the land, they, they rested upon the fact that now we're fine, we have the land, we no longer need to fight. We, it, this, they were more concerned about their own possessions than they actually were about the Lord. It is still present in our hearts, don't you see? We too become more interested in possessing the earth, or at least a part of it. We too are more concerned about ruling uh, a, a, a plot of land. I was thinking of that song just before the service, uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I asked Steve, I forgot again the name of the band. But that's what, what the world wants. The world wants something of inheriting uh, uh, power, of having a piece of the world to rule. But not the Christian, not the meek Christian. We do not want to rule over the world. This world for us is judgment. This is the closest to hell that we will ever be. We want to, in, to inherit the land. We want to be in the presence of God as the hymn we will sing uh, in a moment. Say, uh, glorious things of, of thee are spoken. Savior, if of Zion see thee, I through grace a member am. Let the world deride or pity, I will glory in thy name. Fading is the worldling's pleasure, all his boasted pomp and show, solid joys and lasting treasure, none but Zion's children know. The point is that we inherit the earth. We do not fight for it. We do not overcome it. We just trust in the Lord. And our happiness, our blessedness is that we are submissive, that we are obedient, that we sit under the lordship of Christ. Because more than being a, a, the possessor of the earth, the greatest glory of the Christian is that we are the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, that we are the sons and the daughters of God. And all the rewards that come with, uh, with this are just that, rewards. They're secondary. We have Christ. We do not need to invade the land or overpower the land. We do not need to overrun the land because of, uh, with might and power. Christ has done that. He overcame, not with power of, of the sword, but by the power of the cross. And that's what we see. He reigns now and he will reign forever over the earth. And we will inherit not only the earth, but also heaven. The meek has the earth, uh, as someone said, the meek has the earth only as his winter home. But his permanent mansion is in heaven, eternal, a house not made with hands, 
in heaven.